Know the News, the weekly podcast from the newsroom of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm Rusty Turner, I'm the editor, and I'm your host today. As usual, we've got lots of great content coming your way in this weekend's Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, including a story from Doug Thompson recapping the recently completed Arkansas legislative session. We'll talk to Doug about what our local law, what our local lawmakers have to say about the session, and we'll also discuss it with our editorial page editor, Greg Harton. That will be in just a few minutes. But first, I want to tell you about a few more of the great stories we'll be bringing your way over the next several days. It's high school graduation season, and in our region, uh, unlike a year ago when COVID-19 knocked out all those ceremonies, we're actually going to have on-site graduations this year. Uh, but it won't be quite the same as in years past. Each school district is approaching things a little differently, and Mary Jordan will have a story looking at how some local school districts are handling graduation day. Mike Jones will have a story examining what the future might hold for the Lake Bella Vista Dam. As you may know, the dam has been a bone of contention for several years, with some members of the community asking for it to be removed completely to return Sugar Creek to a free-flowing stream. Others want the dam to maintained and repaired. Last week's heavy rains caused another breach in the old dam, bringing the subject to the forefront once again. Spending $200 million isn't easy as it sounds, uh, and at least in Springdale. Uh, check out Lorinda Jinks' story this weekend, updating the progress of municipal projects funded by Springdale's two, uh, 2018 bond issue. In sports, we'll announce our annual all-NWADG winter sports teams for high schools. We'll recognize the top school, high school athletes and coaches from our 12-county coverage area in sports that include basketball, wrestling, swimming and diving, and bowling. Check that out in Sunday's edition in our Replica app, in print, or on our website at nwaonline.com. The Walton Arts Center's Artosphere Art Plus Nature Festival continues through May with both free programming and ticketed events. Read all about the festival's return uh, after taking last year off due to COVID-19 uh, in this week's What's Up Sunday Entertainment section. Also, check out our What's Up story about Passion Project, a song cycle celebrating the power of women produced by Pilot Arts Theater in Fayetteville. Now let's circle back to the recently completed legislative session. Uh, I've got Doug Thompson here with me. He's our politics reporter at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Thank you, Doug, for being here. Thank you for inviting me. And also Greg Harton, our editorial page editor. Hi, Greg. Hi there. Thanks for having me today. All right. So uh, the legislative session lasted uh, a little more than 100 days, <laughs> uh, which is uh, long by historic standards. But I guess it's technically not quite over yet, Doug. What's, uh, what's the situation there? You're exactly right. They went into recess on uh, April the 28th, and the reason for that is pretty simple and pretty clear. One of their biggest responsibilities, comes up only every 10 years, is they have to set the boundaries for this state's four congressional districts. And they have to do that based on, on population. They have to make them as equal as humanly possible. Problem is that thanks to COVID and lawsuit legal disputes and other factors, they don't have the detailed data they need to uh, precisely write the borders of those districts. And they won't have them till probably the end of August. So they decided well, that the, the, they're going to go into recess. They're going to come back when the Census Bureau has the data. Then they're going to they're going to rewrite. Uh, the, the um, 
congressional district boundaries, but, and I hasten to point this out, they, this is not going to be like a special, special session where the only thing they can do is what is, is reapportionment or anything. They can come back and do any darn thing they want. Seriously, they can come back and propose, you know, tax cuts. They can, well, anything they want covers it. They can come back into session, and they can do it, and they could do whatever they wish. So, circling back to redistricting, the yeah. uh, four congressional districts in Arkansas uh, are going to look quite a bit different this time around, based on the way the populations have shifted in the state. Is that right? Everybody knows that Northwest Arkansas has been growing, uh, and that's and that's grown a lot. But the bigger thing, the, or the equally important factor, is that other districts, especially south and eastern Arkansas, other, have been losing population. And that makes the gap all that much wider. I mean, we don't have, we have a rough, or at least an estimate from the Census Bureau, and yeah, 3rd Congressional District in northwest Arkansas is going to have to lose, and this is just a rough guess, a tenth of the population it has now, and and that's huge. That's a lot. Um, so yeah, and then on top of all that, uh, redrawing legislative districts is going to be done by a separate state board consisting of the governor, the attorney general, and the secretary of state. You mean the state legislative districts? Yes, I'm sorry, yeah. state legislative districts. Mm -hmm. So yeah, these these folks in legislative session are, are are going through the last time, not knowing what their the districts or what the composition is going to be, the next time they meet in a regular session, which has got to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the big you know some people think I you know we move the mm -hmm. the census numbers back because of the of COVID and the redistrictings moved back probably till the fall. And, and for a lot of people, that may be, well, who cares when you do it? Well, there's an election in 2022 uh, that is not going to move. And, mm -hmm. you know, people are waiting to see what these districts look like to determine, you know, am I going to have to run? If I'm, a, if I'm thinking about running, am I going to be able to run in the third congressional district? Or am I going to be in a district that... that um, that uh, Bruce Westerman represents right now that, mm -hmm. that comes all the way up here to northwest Arkansas and swings all the way over to the, uh, to the southeast corner of yeah, the, the state. Yeah, the Mississippi border. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's and just Louisiana. a massive, massive yeah. thing. And, and, you know, I don't know who will want to run in this, uh, in this next election, but, but if they live in an area that gets moved, uh, you know, it could, it could, make them decide not to run at all or certainly make it a lot harder for them to run. Greg, I'm, so, I'm glad you raised that point because that reminds me of something I completely forgot about. Um, filing for changing the election laws, filing periods and stuff like that is something the legislature might want to consider when they come back into session. In the fall, I mean, you know, you're looking at people having the filing beginning in like February, and they won't even know what their district's going to look like until sometime after the first of the year. That's going to be interesting. Well, so, and and usually in off year, off presidential year, um, state legislative elections, mm -hmm. the primaries in May, third week of May, usually. Yeah. So so the so the you know we're we're talking about mm -hmm. 
just a matter of a couple of months to decide what to decide if you want to run in whatever district your house happens to end up in after the after the lines are redrawn. And if you're going to run against an incumbent who mm-hmm. who has name recognition and yeah. and all the benefits of having been the in- incumbent, then um, suddenly you know discovering that you're in a different district than you thought could really change the way that you uh, have to approach that. Well, it's unlikely that this would happen in northwest Arkansas since it's very clear that that we're going to gain House seats and we're going to probably going to gain some Senate seats in mm-hmm. along the northwest Arkansas quarter in the 3rd District because of the population boom. But that means that districts are going to get, so they get smaller in northwest Arkansas, they're going to get larger in other parts of the state, and you may have incumbents in the House or Senate running against each other fellow in other incumbents. parts. Yeah, fellow incumbents running against each other in other parts of the state because there's no other way to draw the lines without putting their homes within the same district. And I'm sorry, go and, ahead. And, well, and that just leads me back to the discussion about the legislative session. Mm-hmm. That probably pl- played a, a significant role in a lot of the things we saw happen during the General Assembly this year. Uh, that is, yeah. I mean... Th- Greg Letting, the Democratic state senator from Fayetteville, said that redistricting hung over the entire. It was it was the thing in the back of everybody's mind during the course of this legislative session, and it largely explains, uh, or at least is a factor in, a lot of the uh, what I'll call culture war, one-upmanship that we saw in this session. Uh, when you're a Republican politician in Arkansas, I think this is just a statement of, of basic political life, uh, you're prob- if you're in a Republican incumbent in Arkansas in a House district, you're probably going to get reelected. Uh, your biggest worry is, is not drawing an opponent in the, in the Republican primary. Well, for, because of the conditions you two just described, you could very well pay, face not only an opponent in your next Republican primary, you could face a fellow Republican incumbent in large parts of South and East Arkansas. So, yeah, everybody's trying to basically, you know, pardon me for making a noun a verb, but they're trying to out-Republican each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that had a lot of, uh, that that did have uh, an accelerating or, or, uh, or aggravating or whatever you want to call it effect on some of the legislation we saw in this session, especially regarding guns, uh, abortion, um, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah, I guess if you're a, a Republican incumbent in southeast Arkansas mm-hmm. and you're running against another Republican incumbent in southeast Arkansas because your districts have been merged, uh, you don't want to be the Republican that didn't vote for, say, the sovereignty bill. Or, exactly. Yeah, so... Exactly. So yeah, that was that 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 played a part. So, and these types of, of partisan considerations never go away. But with redistricting on the horizon, yeah, it really pumped up the volume, shall we say? And there <laughs> certainly were issues in the legislative session. You 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 call it culture war. Mm-hmm. You didn't even have to call it that. The governor himself, the Republican yes. governor reference to culture war several times when he was considering vetoes or, or some of the uh, pros and cons of some of the legislation. Um, and it, it definitely played out with, with this in mind that the, that the uncertainties about what the next election is going to look like, you could 
sort of tell that some of the legislation down there was uh, driven at least in part by um, uh, kind of visions of uh, not sugar plums, but visions <laughs> of uh, little uh, placards, uh, little cards, push mail cards that show up in your mailbox around election time. Mm -hmm. There are some of those issues that, uh, you know, mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, I will give them the benefit of the doubt that they felt they earnestly felt like it was needed for the state of Arkansas. But there's a whole lot of this. Um, how's this going to look on my election material next election season? Yeah. And we mentioned the sovereignty bill a moment ago. That was mm -hmm. that initially this was a bill that would have uh, would have attempted to make Arkansas um, exempt from any federal uh, legislation regarding uh, restrictions on guns, firearms, uh, which, of course, you know, depending on who you talk to, is mm -hmm. is constitutionally suspect. Uh, but uh, um, you know, that was a bill that that the governor um, uh, opposed the in its original form, right? Uh, and and ended up being amended right at the last minute to get it to to avoid the governor vetoing it and there being an override. Actually, Not he did, he did, well, he did veto. veto it. Yeah, he did veto he the did. bill, but uh, uh, but to avoid the override, a compromise was was cobbled together literally in the middle of the night. So. It was not only at the last minute, Rusty. It was at the last stop on this journey. I mean, it was it. The veto was actually overridden in the Senate. It got to the House, and and they had a long, as Greg pointed out, had a long debate. And literally, sometime after midnight, they passed this compromise thing to avoid overturning the government. And then here's the thing about. We're all old enough to remember when Asa Hutchinson was considered too much of a social cons governor. Asa Hutchinson now was considered too much of a social conservative to get elected to anything. Okay, I mean when you're talking about culture wars, he's a veteran. He's a member of the old guard. Okay, and now he's having to, he's having to try and and be the uh, to try and rein things in. I mean he got overridden on the uh, the. Uh, uh, transgender treatment mm -hmm. bill. He got overridden on that. He barely avoided getting overridden on uh, uh, the gun bill, and he only did that. And he barely got a uh, hate crimes law passed that many of the people criticize as being a, a sort of a sop and in name only. Mm -hmm. uh, and the idea that he, had to, he has to be the one saying, now wait a minute... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> culture war issues is something I never thought I'd see. <laughs> but it's, well, it's it, yes, the, the changing nature of politics is, uh, yeah. you know, the, one of the things that, that, that is always the same about politics is how much it changes. It so. changes all the time. Yeah. It does. Um, well, and you, you mentioned the, uh, the, the bill that, that, that essentially bans doctors from treating um, uh, Arkansans younger than 18 uh, for um, uh, with with hormones who who have uh, mm -hmm. uh, gender confusion, uh, puberty blockers yeah. and such as that, uh, and uh, you know that's a practice that had been going on in Arkansas for some time, and it's it's done with you know it's done in consultation with counselors and things like that and parents, mm -hmm. uh, but but the legislature passed a law that says a doctor can't provide that kind of treatment for anybody younger than eighteen, um, uh, so. Um, you know, the, the the theory behind that was that somebody younger than 18 really isn't old enough or mature enough to be making decisions like that that will affect them uh, f for for the long term. So, mm -hmm. 
that um, it, mm -hmm. it's been a controversial bill. Lots of people opposed it, but it but it seemed to have gotten through the legislature without much, without well, much trouble. Yeah. And the governor vetoed that bill in very large part is because he said, look, we have uh, 200 youths going through this treatment right now, and this bill would effectively cut them off. I mean, it, 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 it's hormone treatment is not something you want to practice cold turkey on, was basically mm -hmm. his, his argument and such as that. And he did veto the bill. Mm -hmm. And he got not just nationwide, but worldwide um, British uh, um, attention, Arkansas did, for doing this. I mean, I'm scrolling down The Economist magazine, a British pub publication, and there's a picture of Asa Hutchinson with this article about the trans transgender bill. Um, it was a bitterly fought, um, and it was it was basically seen as an intrusion on the, and, and it's going to get a court challenge. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's guaranteed. Yeah. We'll see what happens with that. It was, it was an interesting piece of legislation. I, I you know, throughout this session uh, with um, the two or three bills that uh, dealt with transgender uh, people, that um, you know, I, I kept trying to think back. You know, were, were politicians going to events last year? Go are going, you know, were they being approached at, at, at just casual events? from people saying, man, we've really got to tackle this transgender problem. You know, I, I just, I just don't really believe that that was happening. Um, uh, so I, it's interesting how it became such a huge deal in this session. There was, there was certainly the one affecting medical treatment for minors. Uh, there was also the, the legislation to prevent, uh, transgender, uh, athletes, uh, yeah. athletes from competing uh, primarily, I think this is aimed at, uh, it's at, at aimed a, at transgender girls to prevent them from pre pre right. uh, competing in girls' high school sports. Right. To yeah. from uh, former, uh, you know, I guess former males who have transitioned into uh, a, a transgender girl, mm -hmm. and uh, concerns that they're going to be um, unfairly competing mm -hmm. uh, in that. I, you know, it is. The transgender community is just such a minuscule community in mm. Arkansas. Uh, you know, you, you just had to wonder how did this become, mm. you know, such uh, the, the big issue in Arkansas because yeah. it, it just doesn't seem like it's front of mind for most Arkansans. I, I think that's probably true, and I, you know, I, I, I do think there are a lot of an awful lot of people who not, not only were concerned about the the what they consider to be discrimination against trans transgender uh, children uh, or transgender people in, in, in Arkansas. There, there was an awful lot of concern about whether the legislature ought to be directing doctors on how to treat uh, their patients, regardless of what the condition is. And, and you know, is, is this, are they really crossing a line here in, in telling a doctor, no, you, you know, despite what psychologists tell you what your patient tells you, what your patient's parents tell you, um, you can't treat someone uh, in that manner. Yeah, I, I mean, this, for a state uh, full of um, uh, you know, supposedly small government Republicans, this uh, legislation, you know, squarely attempts to put government between not just the patient and the doctor, but the parent of the child and what the parent believes is the best thing for their child. 
Um, and so that's that's usually a place that uh, conservative folks don't want to go. You know, they don't want government well, injecting I, themselves was, into those sorts of issues, uh, those family issues. Yeah, and that's not the only line they crossed, guys. I mean, they went into uh, what what can be taught, what kind of history can be taught at schools. They cro- they crossed into uh, you know whether whether speaking as a Fayetteville here, whether styrofoam can be banned or not. Um, I'll, when you talk about small government, local control types and such as that, uh, suddenly that's all out the window. They, they, they wanted to prescribe legislature basically prescribing a lot of things that I would have thought never would have been any part of their business 10 or 20 years ago. But you know, isn't the other side of that though, from the from from the the, the legislators who supported these points of views, and the other side of that though, that that they're speaking up for small business, that they are they are standing up against uh, 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 unnecessary or overburdensome regulations uh, on small businesses in their communities, and they see that as part of their part of their part of their job in, in the legislature. That's true, and let's also keep in mind the the timing of this legislature legislative session which comes during a still lingering COVID uh, pandemic that beat small business up. Mm-hmm. Okay, they are, and that, so yeah, the stuff about the styrofoam and such as that, I see your point, but I don't see how that plays on saying you're only going to teach certain types of well, <laughs> history. Well, and school. I don't think those bills, Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. those bills on teaching history, I don't think they, they went anywhere. Yeah, uh, They were proposed, but they didn't really go anywhere. That's true, you that's know, true. So. But getting back to Greg's point about interfering with uh, between a patient and a doctor, there was also, if you recall, that bill, it was also beaten down, but barely, about uh, uh, saying that if I'm a health care provider and I have a certain conscientious objection to treating somebody, I don't have to treat them. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah, they were making decisions about, about such as that all the way through this session. Yeah. Um. So, an- another aspect of this session that, that we haven't talked about is that you know, the, from from a budget mm-hmm. standpoint, the state's in really Great good shape. shape. In really yeah. good shape, I think there's a there's a surplus of seven hundred million dollars or something. And the like fiscal that. year isn't over yet. And it's seven hundred sixteen point eight million dollars. Yeah. And then the fiscal year isn't over yet. It's theoretically possible we could hit a billion. That's probably not likely, yeah. but it's a possible. So how does a how does a Republican-controlled legislature meet <laughs> for 108 days uh, uh, with a with a 700 million dollar uh, uh, surplus and not propose you know some sort of sweeping tax reform tax relief? package now you know there mm-hmm. there's an answer to that question but we, we ought to talk good, about it yeah there's a really good answer to that question but let's talk about it there's so. a pretty good answer yeah, to that question so. the, tr- the first of all the, the 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 amount of surplus was is surprising uh the the covid pandemic was was devastating to a lot of businesses but not as devastating as many as many rationally feared okay but the other and another thing is we got a lot of federal taxpayer money mm-hmm. thrown the state's way. So we're in far better shape than we expected to be. But most important of all, and the, the actual reason that you alluded to, that you brought out, that there is because the state legislature wisely, in my view, 
wanted things to settle down. They wanted us to get somewhere back to something resembling normal before they made any big sweeping changes to the tax code. And uh, but yeah, it 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 is still a strange feeling to watch uh, uh, to uh, to watch us go out with a session recess with more than seven hundred million dollars in the bank, and not have heard some huge clamor for tax relief, especially after business got beat up. But like I say, they wisely wanted to see things settle down before they made any big changes. And they also want the state's financial position to be more solid than it, than it was going into this pandemic. And that will help improve the state's bond rating, which, you know, it's got to have for long-term projects like highways and such as that. As, as one uh, Fort Smith legislature, legislator said during this, we're going to be a whole lot better prepared for the next crisis than we were for this one. Thanks largely to that cushion you're, you're talking to. But yeah, $700 million is a lot of money. Yeah. Well, and you alluded to it earlier, you know, the session's not technically over. Yes. And, and when they reconvene at some point in the fall, uh, late summer or fall, mm-hmm. um, uh, there may be, uh, uh, particularly staring down a Staring down a, a primary season just six months away, there 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 may be some tax uh, tax relief. Uh, if you yeah, if you don't want to, if you want to stop a major tax relief proposal, possibly as early as this fall, but certainly by the next session, you better arm yourself. Yeah, and and we should say also there were some aspects of tax relief that did pass through this yeah, legislative I'm session. Yeah, sorry. Uh, the, right. the 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 PPE uh, payroll protection loans that that uh, the federal government provided. COVID, those were exempt from taxes and to the tune of about 180 million dollars, which is not insignificant at all. So it's not insignificant at all, but that is sort of a one-time thing. Yeah, you know, right. it was a one-time emergency. So it's, so it's not fair. It's not fair to say there was no tax relief, but but we didn't we didn't see what you know mm-hmm. past Republican governors have done in in situations like that when the, yeah. there's a, a huge surplus. Uh, there there have been some pretty major tax. Uh, uh, tax relief proposals made. So yeah, but boy, there's been a strange year. It has been. It has absolutely been a strange year before this session got started. And and the hesitance to to spend some of that of that money. I mean, Northwest Arkansas, uh, especially here in Benton and Can- Benton County and Washington County, you know, are doing far better financially than a lot of people thought a year ago. Uh, a year ago, I think most people kind of feared that the the whole economic situation was just going to fall apart, and our local governments are, are still doing fairly decently uh, uh, financially, and and they have some of that money available to them from the federal government for from uh, uh, as far as COVID goes, and and a lot of those folks are taking a wait and see kind of approach too. Uh, so that seems to be kind of across the board that there's this desire to uh, really reflect the uncertainty of are we are we really through this thing or are there other shoes to drop out there and we'd be remiss not to mention that the that the covid pandemic talking more about the private economy than the public fisc here really hit some people much harder than others um i mean i'm not telling anybody anything they don't already know food service workers got clobbered 
um, other sectors, you know, got really got hurt. Uh, business services, accounting, consulting, stuff like that, they really got clobbered. So while the overall position of the government is of government entities is all right, thanks largely to the largesse of both of, uh, of the federal government, both in this administration and the previous one, I'll point out. Um, yeah, privately there were definitely winners and losers in the private economy. So and they're hurt, and they that it's it's going to take a while to get it's it's. The thing about the pandemic is it was like flipping a switch when everything turned off. Turning it back on again isn't going to be flipping a switch. So, uh, And we, we, we hope we are turning it back on very slowly. Then we're, we're not going to take any steps backwards exactly. as far as the pandemic goes. So, I mean, you know, so far so good, but uh, you know, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? This so. thing could turn left any time. Yeah. You know, hopefully not. Yeah, it was about 18 months ago when nobody would have envisioned what we went through, so. Uh, That's fair. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, any other thoughts on the legislative session and what we may look forward to when the when the lawmakers gather again uh, later this summer? Uh, one thing I think we ought to mention, particular to the northwest Arkansas region, um, some of the legislators up here feel particularly that the I'll call it worldwide attention we got on some of these social cultural issues hurt us disproportionately because we're the folks still growing and still trying to convince people to move here. Okay? So, yeah, several of our legislators have said, you know, this, this affects us more than it does other places. You're talking about northwest Arkansas. Northwest specifically. Arkansas, yeah. specifically. Specifically. And that, I think, bears mentioning. Whether it's true or not, you can debate it, but that's, that's, that's how several of them... Well, they've certainly voiced concern about it, whether it's... They've certainly voiced concern about it. Yeah. Well, and that was so much of what was driving um, the uh, hate crime mm-hmm. proposal was, right. was um, you know, three states uh, in the United States uh, are, were left that had no hate crime bill whatsoever. And when Jim Hendren proposed his uh, last year... Um, uh, hit, one of his major concerns was, you know, we really don't want Arkansas to be making headlines by being the only state left in the union without a hate crime bill. Um, his bill went nowhere in the legislative session, but uh, but it did result in a an alternative bill that uh, that he supported that that he ended up supporting, mm-hmm. um, but that doesn't delineate the groups uh, that are protected quite the same as a lot of hate crime legislation does, but the supporters of the legislation say it, it essentially gets you to the same point, uh, uh, that, that it protects people from being targeted um, because they are a member of a group, an identifiable group of some sort. Um, the critics essentially say that's that's yeah. not good enough that, that that's yeah. that's going to prove to be fairly weak and and we just don't know right we you know we until uh, you know you mm-hmm. would hope that we never have to see it enforced mm-hmm. um, but uh, but we we see that there are cases that come along where hate crime legislation uh, might be a factor and we'll just mm-hmm. have to see how that plays out yeah and well, that pardon me Rusty, but I do want to point out that that the 
idea that we might be the last state left with nothing like that was not exaggerated. Earlier this week, the South Carolina legislature, the Judiciary Committee of the South Carolina Senate, got a hate crimes bill through. Now, it's not over the goal line yet, but it's certainly possible. And the only other state that has no such law is Wyoming. Okay, and I'm going to point out that Wyoming doesn't have as many people in it as Pulaski County, Arkansas. But anyway, that's the last two states left that don't have any kind of law like this. And even to get it through Arkansas, they had to, uh, well, I'll just leave it that it wasn't easy. Well, I think they actually had to not call it a hate crimes bill to get it passed. Yeah. Even though, even though it, it performs the, you know, supporters say it performs that function, uh, they couldn't call it a hate crimes bill. They couldn't call it a hate crimes yeah. bill. And, and Hendren himself, among others, has pointed out that it's, it's, if you get a law passed like that, you can enhance it in the future. Mm-hmm. It, that it was better to pass anything than to be stopped compete completely cold in, in oh. his view. Now I'll point out that opponents have exactly the same logic. Yeah. That this is the nose under the camel's tent. So we'll see about that. Yeah. Um, but it you know the law does provide some additional penalties for someone who is uh, convicted of a crime uh, and and the prosecutor can prove that that the crime what motive had to do with the with with uh, uh, characteristics of the uh, of the victim uh, uh, being part of a particular group. So it does. True. So it does. It does perform essentially the same function in some way. Just may not be called that. It, it provides for an enhancement of the sentence. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and if I remember correctly, it's. You know, the prosecutors are going to go in and prove the essential elements of the 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 basic case right. that an attack happened, that, mm-hmm. that this person did it, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And then once you're found guilty on that, I believe it will then transition into also yeah. proving whether this was a hate-motivated or motivated because the victim yeah. was a member of a particular group. And it just seemed like in the legislature... Um, not seem like I think it was clear that the legislature um, had a problem with identifying specific groups that would be included, and I, and potentially you know not listing some other groups that they felt like could be just as easily targeted, mm-hmm. um, uh, and uh, uh, you know the critics of that approach essentially said, you know there are groups that historically have been targeted, mm-hmm. you know because you know they're LGBTQ or or their race or whatever those those groups are, um, but the legislature ultimately decided to to go the more generalized route that uh, that doesn't uh, narrow that down to a select group of a set of people. Yeah, and I do think it's important also to point out that that there has to be an underlying crime here to kick this in. It's not you know this isn't you know. Uh, it, it, you, no one gets prosecuted because of what they're thinking. Uh, it's it's you know, it's an enhanced penalty for a crime uh, that's already been committed or that's already on the books. It's an enhanced penalty if that motive of that crime was to target a particular person who is part of it. Right, and, of that, and that's not insignificant. I mean, not we, at all. we don't want to live in a place where people's thoughts yeah no are prosecutable absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, that's not that's not a small thing, um, but. But boy, it creates a lot of debate when it these does. sorts of matters come along as to whether you're doing that or not. 
and I'm going to be cynical enough to point out, well, first of all, let me agree with both of you. You have to have a conviction on an already existing crime or on a crime before you can say, okay, was this a hate crime? Before you can even ask the question, was this a hate crime? Acknowledge that. But I'm going to be cynical enough to point out that local prosecutors are still the ones to have the, yeah to have the decision whether to charge this or not and 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 politically i think in many places many judicial districts across the state of arkansas it's going to some some prosecutors going to have considerable pause before they charge anyone they are this. elected they yes, are yeah, pro- elected. Prosecutors are elected. That is true. Prosecutors are elected. Exactly. But and, that, you know. that that would be the argument, though, that mm-hmm. that you know that elections um, mm-hmm. matter, and that the the views of the electorate out there, and the, you know mm-hmm. that that matters in the grand scheme of things, and, and, and inform and, and informs the decision of the prosecutor. Right. Yeah. That the prosecutor yeah. ought to pay attention to that to mm-hmm. to some degree, not not to be driven. Totally by it, but that, uh, but, yeah. but, but, you know, he is rep, he or she is representing the community, uh, and and uh, mm-hmm. the, the advocates for this kind of approach would say, you know, the prosecutor needs to take that into account. Yeah, I understand that, but you know, anyway, well, just refer to the state's history <laughs> as an example of what kind, how that can affect local decisions. Well, uh, Doug and Greg, thanks for spending a few time, uh, a few minutes with me talking about the legislative session. We may, uh, we may get a chance to do this again here in a few months when we see the legislative districts and the, mm-hmm. and the, and the uh, congressional districts redrawn. We, we should get back together and talk about that and what, what impact we think that'll have. Um, so, and I, I want to thank also our listeners today for, for joining us and, uh, and, and listening to what we had to say. Um, I also want to thank our subscribers out there, those of you who are listening who are subscribers. I want to offer you a special note of gratitude. It's because of you and your support that we're able to bring you the stories of Northwest Arkansas. If you're not a subscriber, don't miss out anymore. Go to our website at nwaonline.com and click on the subscribe button or call us at 479-684-5509. You'll be glad you did. And while you're on our website, sign up for our email newsletter so that you'll never miss a story you want to read. Uh, Once again, my name is Rusty Turner. I'm editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and we'll be back next week with a new edition of Know the News.